This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed Anniversary Blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast. The official podcast from Chrome Unbox, where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Chromecast. Today, we have an interview episode with Zach Alcorn, who is a product manager at Google working on gaming for Chrome OS. We wanted to have Zach on to talk about Steam on Chromebook entering beta. It was a really fun conversation. We talked about availability, user experience, compatibility, performance, and so much more. So without any further ado, here is my conversation with Zach. Hey, Zach, thanks so much for taking some time to join me on the Chromecast. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Very excited. Yeah, we, um, we've, been, we've been following uh, Steam on, on Chromebooks and Chrome OS for, uh, for a long time now. And these, these updates are always uh, monumental. It's fantastic to see uh, the, the progress you all are making. And uh, this is a big one. So, so we're in now. Uh, Steam on Chrome OS is now in beta 108. Fantastic. Yes, we uh, we have made it out uh, to the beta channel and uh, with sort of a beta level of quality. Um, I, I heard you all on the podcast kind of dissecting those two different betas, but uh, yep. yes, absolutely. There, there's uh, uh, we we're really excited to both expand the availability to um, hopefully many many more people um, through both through that beta channel uh, status. Uh, I'm currently on beta channel. Um, and uh, it's something I can use for work, unlike Dev, which is a little bit dicier. Um, or you else? can be like Gabe, and you can get in Canary, where everything's just—it's uh, like the wild, wild west over there. Yeah, you know, I have some very brave coworkers <laughs> who who make that choice. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, but so so the beta channel availability, but then of course the additional devices, those 12th gen Intel processor devices, uh, as well as the AMD 
5000C series um, and the uh, i3 for the Intel Core and the uh, Ryzen 3 for, for the AMD. So um, a big expansion of availability for folks, but then um, on top of that, you know, getting to that level of, of beta quality meant looking at that list of known issues we had and, and the various feedback we were getting through th the gameplay reports that we have, through feedback reports, um, through the press and, and some of the experience they documented uh, and from our internal dog fooders and testers uh, in order to, to firm those up and, and make it a really, um, I, I, you know, really high quality experience that you can use to play your favorite games on and, and play all the way through, right? Um, I, I feel like one of the major things that uh, uh, we did was you know things like performance in order to make it so that some of these games become playable. But it goes up from there all the way down to things like making sure the full screen uh, when you're in full screen the battery notification pops up. Right, uh, this is <laughs> right. one of the loudest yeah. things we heard. Yeah, um, because uh, people weren't that often running their battery all the way down on in a full screen use case on Chrome OS, and uh, it wasn't until we introduced this use case, got people using it, and got that feedback cycle coming that we were able to say like, hey, that seems like an obvious thing we should do. Um, and uh, I think you'll find you know both those small bits of polish as well as those real big under the hood. Uh, improvements throughout this beta release. Yeah. So, so, uh, and you kind of mentioned it, but just for anybody that didn't listen to that previous episode that you were talking about, that was our our weekly roundup from last week. I do believe when we were talking through this, we'll make sure to link that down in the show notes for anybody who wants to go listen to that too. But, but explain how you're 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 in the beta channel, but you're also in beta launch of Steam. So, just explain that for those who maybe may not understand how that works. Yeah. So. Um, we have both the different channels of Chrome OS. So uh, stable is the one most people are on. Beta gets you some, you know, uh, ahead of time features, but it's relatively stable and easy to use. You're not going to have a really terrible time. Uh, and then dev channel, we just don't know, right? It's it's actively uh, sort of the latest and greatest code. Um, and you can go a step further even to Canary um, and get the nightlies. But uh, uh, sometimes I've, I've had stretches of dev working great. I've had stretches of dev crashing every time I joined a video call. So um, we tend not to recommend it for uh, folks that are using that computer as their daily driver. And of course, when it comes to these high-end expensive Chromebooks, uh, folks are using them as their daily driver, right? You don't buy one of those to keep on the shelf. Um, and so uh, previously when we released, we were on the dev channel and we called sort of the level of quality of, of the release to be an alpha quality um, to indicate that there were still a lot of unknown unknowns when it came to things like stability, game support, performance, you know, real core parts of the experience. Um, and uh, we didn't want folks to come in with the wrong expectations and, and, you know, end up moving their device to dev channel and installing all this and then not have a good time, right? Um, we wanted to signal that this was for the early adopters, the tinkers, the folks who are really, you know, want to give it a shot. Um, and now we have the next step and, and uh, we chose to take these these two steps in in lockstep, and it ended up with two different beta titles. But um, basically, <laughs> yeah. we believe the quality of the Steam on Chrome OS product is now at a, a place where we feel comfortable calling it a beta. You should be able to um, reliably play through a whole game uh, that that's on a recommended list or something like that. Um, you know, you shouldn't have major stability challenges day to day. There will be bugs, um, and it's definitely not at a full stable release state yet. But um, we, we think that you can use this on your daily driver device if you're you know ready to try something new and, and get a little bit out there without you know jeopardizing your ability to get work done or that sort of thing. Um, so uh, that's the that's the beta quality, and then of course that includes moving to the beta channel. And so 
Um, you know, it's entirely possible we're still kind of working through how we want to move forward from there. So it's, it's possible we bring a beta quality experience to the stable channel, for example. These are things we're exploring and, and working on. We don't have any uh, firm plan right now. Uh, uh, but uh, I think that's, you know, we want to make sure we're consistently messaging to users what they should expect. Um, so that no one, there's no surprises, right? We don't, we don't want anyone to come in and, and be disappointed because um, I think when you when you look at what the team has accomplished over the last few years and, and how it's coming to fruition, um, I'm certainly very proud of, of that experience, and and we want to make sure that folks know that we know where it's at and and what we're working to fix. So yeah, uh, and as of right now, is it still behind a flag in beta? It is. Channel? It's it's behind the enable borealis flag. Uh, something else we're looking at, um, but uh, yeah, that's the current state. For now, yeah. Because I remember Gabe mentioning that there's still some other Borealis um, flags in there, or, or maybe not. And and I, I remember him saying, you only need to turn on the one. That's the one that you need to do. Don't worry about the other ones. Yes, Is that correct? That's a good call out. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like any feature on Chrome OS, as we develop, we put different bits and pieces behind flags so that we can try with it on and off. Um, so the default setting for all those other flags is, is the best one. Um, to give an example of that, one of the things we did uh, between alpha and beta was basically rewrite our entire storage architecture. Um, and I'm hoping we'll get to, to publish uh, some information on that on the Chrome OS.dev blog at some point. But um, you know we needed a way to be able to switch between the old and the new as we're developing. So uh, I think there's a Borealis storage ballooning flag that does that. Um, you don't need to mess with that anymore because the new one is on by default. Yeah, yeah talk th talk through the the changes that you did in, with storage. Like, what was the problem people were running into, and how did you all address it? Yeah, um, so at a really high level, our previous method of uh, determining the size that the VM should be in terms of storage, right? Because um, it takes up space on disk that the operating system can't necessarily use. Uh, when it's taken up, right? And so we need to grow or shrink the VM uh, in proportion to the very large game files that we're often downloading as part of this project. And so uh, previously we were, uh, Valve had provided us a, a signal that we could see for basically how big to grow the VM on the basis of a downloaded game, right? Um, and we would do that and based on like average, based on like average size or, uh, so every, you know, Val was actually in those cases, hosting all, all that game content. Right. So, uh, and they know that the size that they need to reserve on disc is once they, uh, unzip it, once it's downloaded. So, um, they can actually send us a pretty reliable signal. Uh, I think we have some buffer, had some buffer in there, uh, and that kind of thing. But as long as all of the game content was hosted. Uh, by Steam on, on Valve servers, we were fine. Um, but it turns out there's a variety of games that don't do that. They host a significant portion of their content uh, on their own servers. And so, um, you know, there's, I believe, uh, one of the Final Fantasy games did this. There's a variety of others where you would download, Steam would tell you, oh, it's only, you know, a few hundred megabytes um, to get that initial uh, EX, EXE and the you know launcher and that sort of thing. And then you'd launch the game and it would be like, oh, I need to download 40, gigabytes right right now and uh and you'd be like hmm i don't <laughs> uh do i have space for that and so then that installation would fail uh, because we didn't know to expand the vm and so that's the problem we were trying to solve um and we're basically using uh um a uh, ballooning solution uh based on when files are, are being downloaded in order to uh, support the uh, the new storage system and uh i will uh 
I will at that point leave it off to my engineering team. I want to make sure that I don't misspeak. Yeah. But um, right. for me, it's all magic, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. but it's uh, it allows for these games to be played. It allows for um, actually better uh, uh, file performance uh, in some cases, which is very cool. Um, so that we can you know read and write more quickly. Um, and overall, it it, uh, it has been. Uh, I think significantly more robust, at least in what we've seen in terms of user feedback and that kind of thing. We're not getting the sort of uh, bugs with installing games that we were getting before. Is external storage uh, on the roadmap? Is that something you all are thinking about? Because a lot of these Chromebooks, uh, obviously, I, you know, I think as this becomes um, more and more available, as we get into stable and that sort of thing, there will be more and more devices. And some of these devices that we have even right now that have, you know, terabyte or, or whatever, you know, even 512 uh, storage. But maybe someone has a, a decent device that's supported that they want to play some of these games, but they want maybe that little bit of extra storage. Is external storage something you all are thinking about? Totally. Um, it's it's definitely something we've, we're looking into and thinking about. I mean, we don't uh, uh, don't want to commit to anything yet because there's a lot of UX challenges to figure out with external storage. But um, certainly even in our own testing, you know, we have an amazing test team here who wants to play through a bunch of games um, and they have they want to be able to use external storage. Um, you can actually get a version of external storage through some uh, VMC commands uh, in Crotch. So it is possible to do. It's it's a little bit involved, um, and it's certainly not the kind of user experience we'd want for uh, end users of the product. So um, I think the, the real challenge there is n not so much the technical side, because we, we can get it working with the right commands, but how do we make clear to users that, for example, um, we need to create an image file on your external disk that can exclusively be used for games, right? And it's just going to look like a big file uh, that takes up all the space on your drive, right? How do we, how do we communicate that and, and help users, especially as they're moving these uh, drives from their, you know, potentially from their Chromebook to another device, right? Um, how, how is that going to show up and what's it going to look like? So. Um, I think that's the big challenge there. But yeah, definitely uh, we see the need. We feel the need ourselves. So yeah. How closely you, you've mentioned, you know, you've mentioned Valve a few times and, and yeah, we were working with Valve on this. How closely have you all been working with Valve on this project? I'm assuming quite closely, but can you talk a little bit about that? Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unboxed or click the link down in the show notes. Yeah, you know, I think it's a, it's a very cool and interesting partnership because um, on the one hand, you know, we meet with them regularly. Um, I got to go out to the the Valve offices and uh, in oh, Bellevue, awesome. and it was very cool. Um, and uh, uh, you know, certainly um, uh, talk to them often. Um, but the really cool thing about this project and uh, for for the gaming ecosystem, I think, at a larger scale, is that um, so much of what makes this possible on Chromebooks 
is the same stuff that's making things like the Steam Deck possible, right? It's the same. It's 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 the same work for Linux generally, um, and so uh, we actually, you know, in, in all of our conversations, try and minimize work that is um, exclusively for Chromebook and try and maximum, you know, maximally use solutions for the entire ecosystem so that we can benefit everyone. And so, uh, I mean, that's, that's, uh, good for us. It's good for valve. It's good for the whole ecosystem. And so, um, as much as, you know, we're certainly in close contact and work closely together. Um, I think at a, at a technical level, um, they're able to do most things in a generic way. And, uh, we get, and that means we also benefit from all the work they're doing from things like Steam Deck. Sure, absolutely, and that's that's why we that's why we were early to get one, and and we're excited to test that because it, you know obviously you know we're we're all about Chromebooks, but making a video about that and showing look all of the work that's happening in Proton and some of these things that are happening on this are what's allowing and what will allow this to work on Chromebooks in the future. Um, can, can you just I think for somebody listening who maybe it isn't familiar exactly with with what we're talking about it explicitly can you kind of go through the basics of how some of this is working how exactly uh you all are getting these games that are exe files to run on a chromebook and is it happening locally is it happening in this vm how is it happening because there's been you know there's been these these new devices that have come out we have some cloud gaming focused chromebooks that were just announced and this announcement is kind of coming right after that, and I think just maybe try to, uh, if you can, from a from a very high level, explain uh, what exactly uh, Steam, uh, how exactly you all are doing this for Chromebooks, and how maybe it's similar uh, to Steam Deck since you mentioned that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's, you know, to start at a at a really high level, um, we're seeing some really exciting changes and shifts in. The, uh, the gaming landscape generally and the, the PC gaming landscape specifically. Um, one of those is the growth of, of cloud services, which we're really excited to see and the experiences that the, that enables, including on, on those new devices. Um, and uh, another is the ability to run um, PC games in more places than they've ever been run before, right? And uh, so that, that means in the cloud, but that also means uh, on local uh, open source environments specifically Linux. And so um, there's a few things that have enabled that. Um, definitely uh, Valve's work on Proton is, is one of the very biggest. And for those who aren't familiar, Proton um, is a uh, compatibility tool that uh, allows, it's based on uh, services like Wine uh, and, uh, and uh, sorry, um, VX, VXDK. Um, DXVK, there we go. <laughs> DXVK, which which converts DirectX uh, graphics commands into Vulkan, which is um, the new sort of state-of-the-art graphics API, right? And, and Vulkan has played a big part in this as well uh, in simply providing a really powerful, robust, open uh, graphics API uh, that compete can compete with the best in the business, right? And so um, we've got this combination of, of Vulkan and then the things built on top of it, including DXVK and Proton, um, and you know, big players like Valve investing in this area. And what we can do now is run games that were originally intended to be run uh, on a Windows PC and run them in a Linux environment and run them with um, you know, often either a very small performance delta or sometimes no performance delta. And I think this is a huge part of what makes this possible is that um, you know, we're not just 
we're not doing some sort of a uh, very heavyweight um, emulation or something of that nature. We're, we're doing uh, this compatibility uh, translation and it's allowing us to run these games uh, at very performant play in a very performant way. And so um, this, this gave us um, a pretty neat opportunity on Chrome OS given our investment in virtual environments and the fact that Chrome OS is based on Linux, it's based on x86 ar architecture, which all these games are written for. Um, to uh, create a, uh, a Linux VM that can run all of these games, whether they're written for Linux directly or written for Windows and run via Proton, um, and run the, uh, the Steam client, uh, which is built for, uh, for Linux in this case, and has all these features to manage the compatibility tools and, and help install them. And so um, the, you know, from the Chrome OS perspective, the big breakthrough innovations are things that have made this possible. Um, one is the ability to virtualize Vulkan really effectively, right? Um, so uh, on Chrome OS, we're based on Linux, but we have a very high security bar and, and want to make sure we're running things in a uh, virtualized environment. And so being able to virtualize Vulkan effectively through um, a piece of code called Venus has been a big part of that. Um, and then uh, the other piece of it, which is, uh, you know, the UI portion that I think um, is uh, is easy to miss because it's intentionally invisible is um, the way that we've integrated the VM into the operating system such that you can't tell it's in a VM, right? Um, you go to the launcher to launch Steam, you can see it in settings. There's not, you know, you never get a, a Linux wallpaper in the background or, or that kind of thing. Um, you know, we want to make this as, as seamless and easy to use as possible. And so uh, that's a, a really big component of it in addition to the sort of low-level graphics and virtualization work is actually how to present this in a user that looks and feels like uh, Steam and games on other PCs and other platforms. Yeah, the uh, the installation process that you that you uh, uh, just mentioned previously there was the uh, the token uh, UX, which which we really liked. We thought that <laughs> we thought that was really clever, uh, but that's that's gone now. Correct. Now that you all have moved into into beta. You can simply and turn on the flag, obviously, but then uh, open it up in your in your right end. Is that is that correct? So you do need to search for Steam in the launcher, and then when you search, it's not in your launcher; it's in the search results. When you search for it, oh, okay. then you can launch it, and we'll continue to evolve this over over time. But it's you know quite a bit easier than figuring out how Cross works um, and uh, and using the the insert coin command. I will say the insert coin command still works, and the ASCII art is still there. Oh, cool. Um, the tokens have all been removed, so you don't need any specific token. Um, but you know, if you need to get to the ASCII art to copy it, so you can put it on a T-shirt like I may have done earlier this week, uh, it's still there. Oh still there. yes, so. I love that. <laughs> we uh, we've got um, we've worked with Cotton Bureau in the past uh, to to do some shirt designs, and uh, we might have to we might have to look into something like that, Zach. That's that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> love it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I think it's just like, you know, obviously those were those were uh, fun little uh, kind of Easter eggs as as we were in, you know, the, the alpha state. And, and really, it was the super early adopters like like Gabriel, who's who's really trying to get this running before it was ever even ready, you know. And uh, but now it's just it's opening it up to more and more people. Um, and you mentioned some of the processors earlier, but let's talk through and make sure that everybody knows kind of which devices are now uh, available. Because when this was kind of first announced that it was out and it was, you know, uh, in, in alpha, we were looking at 11th gen, correct? And now we've got 12th gen and some others. So 
I'm assuming the, the the 11th gen was just because of availability. Like at that time, there weren't a ton of 12th gens, and now we've got obviously more and more 12th gens out. Is uh, so so yeah. Just kind of talk through uh, what sort of availability we've got, and and what uh, if someone maybe has the device, what should they expect on that sort of processor, and then if they want to go get a device, and they're all in. They're like, hey, I want to I want to buy a device for this now. I know it's coming instable eventually and i want i want to go and get a device what might that device look like yeah so um so yeah as you say back when we launched in the alpha uh we were we had the 11th gen processors um that's because 12th gen was just coming on the scene and we hadn't had any development time with with that and so it was what we'd been using and, and what we'd been testing with and so i uh, started with the i5 and i7 um so the on the intel side the two big changes one is the addition of 12th gen um, and the other is support for i3 devices for both 11th and, and 12th. And so, um, you know, you can certainly expect a difference in, in game performance overall uh, between the i3, the i5, and the i7, uh, especially on that 11th gen, the, the i3 is not yet on those Evo graphics. You're not going to quite have the same sort of experience. Um, but we saw, you know, when we were making the decision to enable it, we basically looked at our user uh, feedback reports internally and, and, and some of our test results and said, people are enjoying playing games on this, right? It's not the same games always, and it's not all the games, but, um, you know, we don't want to hold that back. Uh, and, and that's something that these devices couldn't do that now they can, and, and people are enjoying it. So uh, let's make it happen. And, and uh, please, please, my, my plea to everyone is if you are using one of these devices, please send us gameplay reports. They're so, so important for us to prioritize game fixes, see what's working and what's not, and, and plan the next generation uh, of the software. So that's, I'll, I'll probably say that about four more times, but, um, and then I, I don't want to miss the AMD side because that's, that's really important. It's our first, uh, AMD devices that we supported, um, the, uh, the 5,000 C series, uh, AMD, and that's, uh, Ryzen 3, Ryzen 5 and, and Ryzen 7. So, um, again, you know, we expect to see performance improve as you go up that line. There'll be games that work on R7 that don't work on R3. Um, but, uh, you know, AMD uh, has been a great partner. You know, we know um, they, they've made huge investments in gaming and uh, really excited to see the performance we're getting uh, out of these devices and, uh, and some of the games that they enable. Yeah. What sort of, uh, so obviously, you know, the higher you go on these processors, you know, the better, obviously the better performance. As far as storage goes and RAM, what, what should folks be looking at? Yeah. So our minimum. And for, what are, what are, are there requirements right now? Um, yeah. For those? Yeah. So our minimum RAM requirement, and this is the big one is eight gigabytes. Uh, um, and that is because, uh, right now, you know, we're basically dealing with, um, some amount of additional memory overhead for running a virtual machine. And so, um, we want to make sure you have enough RAM to play those games. Um, it's something we want to improve and, and, and bring down over time. But, um, you know, we also want folks to be able to actually launch into games. Um, and, and in that vein, um, I will say there are games that don't work on eight gigabyte devices today that, uh, you might, uh, potentially expect to work. Uh, and that's because of RAM. Um, so a place of investment for us, certainly a place we're going to double down between now and, and stable, but a, a good known issue to, to call out. So, um, when people ask what specs to go for, I tend to recommend 16 gigabytes, um, as, as really the best experience. Um, that's also gonna, you know, just give you a lot of future proofing and, and that sort of thing. I, I think it's the best way to experience Chrome OS. Um, and then the, uh, the. Second is, you know, kind of as much storage as you can find in a device with 
that that processor and that 16 gigabytes of RAM. Um, if you intend to play really big games that are, you know, 100 gigabytes, which we see quite a few of, um, if you're more, if that's not your thing, if your thing is more indie 2D platformers, you may not need that much storage. But um, given that external storage is, is not yet supported, um, you know, if you can find 512, go for 512 is kind of my uh, rule of thumb. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, and I, I think I read in uh, the, the blog posts, like, the the general recommendation would be an i5 or or ryzen 5 um with that 16 gigs of ram yeah i, I would say and then obviously just kind of make your make your storage decision based on what type of games you're gonna you think you're gonna be downloading and playing totally that'd be my recommendation um okay the only other um thing i might recommend in, in terms of you know different device specs is that um on the new uh cloud gaming oriented devices um, they do have 120 hertz display uh, or 144 hertz in the case of the Asus, I think. Um, now, you're not going to get that on uh, The Witcher 3, right? You're not going to get that on Sky <laughs> Skyrim. Um, but some some uh, indie games, some platformer games uh, look really great on that display. And so um, I, I would uh, investigate that if, if those are available in your region. I think uh, sure. uh, that will certainly help not only um, your Steam gaming experience with, with the local gaming, uh, but also your, your cloud gaming experience. And you'll be able to experience both in kind of their best form. And, and Chrome OS looks, looks great. <laughs> that, that was our thing with, uh, with the, uh, the, um, Acer at, uh, the 516 GE that has the 120 Hertz. It, it just Chrome OS looks fantastic. All of your animations, everything looks good. And then obviously gameplay looks, looks great. Um, and yeah, I think I had read in the blog posts you all have had in this this update made some uh, adjustments for higher resolution displays and scaling and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Yeah, there's a couple aspects here. Some are still a work in, in progress, and I can get into those a little bit because I think they're a very interesting space. But the big one that I, that we called out in the blog post was um, previously, if you had like a QHD display, um, basically the way that we were scaling was giving you a pretty big performance in, uh, hit, uh, even if the game itself was rendering at a lower resolution. So, right, like you, you might, one of the first things you do to try and get better performance out of a game is drop the resolution um, to a lower resolution and you weren't getting that benefit. And so um, there are a lot of games that suddenly became unplayable uh, on a QHD display with the same hardware otherwise, right? And um, this was uh, this was really bad for devices like those cloud gaming devices with the QHD displays, right? The, and so we, we um, did a bunch of work to ensure that um, basically now we're doing direct scaling and skipping a bunch of steps. And that ensures that you are getting the performance benefit of lowering the resolution, um, not just on QHD displays or, or 4K displays, but also on uh, you know lower resolution displays where you're simply dropping the resolution of the game to something like 1600 by 900, right? Um, and so I think this is a huge win for game performance and compatibility because it allows us to it allows the user a, a really powerful uh, lever to change the 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 performance that they're seeing from that particular game. So um, that that was a big piece. The other piece that we're we're still looking into, and, and there's actually a flag for this. This is the one other flag uh, you might want to play with. Um, okay, is there's a uh, you can render the, the client at, and uh, some other pieces of, of UI within the VM at, at a 2x scale. Um, and so this is really nice, like on those QHD or uh, UHD displays. And so um, basically right now we're trying to figure out the right 
DPI point to uh, make that change automatically. Um, so for example, I have a, a 2K monitor and a, a 2K Chromebook and uh, the way things render looks great on my 2K monitor that's 29 inches and um, is way too tiny on my 2K monitor that is uh, that is 14 inches, right? And so um, there's a DPI breakpoint in there where we can make that change over and it's just uh, a matter of figuring out where the right spot is. Yeah. Um... On, uh, I, I'm, I was sitting here thinking about, um, um, like folks that have a ton of games in their Steam library. Are they able to get this up and running and play every single game in their Steam library? No. Or it, are, are there, uh, <laughs> recommended games? And if so, what, what sort of, uh, what sort of, uh, game list, uh, what number of games are you all recommending at this point? Yeah. So it's a good question. And, and I think it's good to, to clarify that. Um, you know, not every game is going to work out on the box. There's a variety of things we're still working through. There's, you know, a long pull of, of, uh, things like anti-cheat support and that sort of thing where we're seeing some traction, but you know, the ecosystem really needs to, to make some moves. But, um, I think, uh, and another outlet said this, I, I think you'll be surprised by the number of games that do work. And that's my hope. Um, and so, uh, right now we have a list of a hundred recommended games on, uh, the, the chromium.org page. Um, and, uh, I, I know they work cause I played them all myself, uh, at some point or another, we, we, we have an amazing test team and an amazing, uh, gameplay report feedback. And you kind of incorporate all and you get a short list. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I really just wanted to be sure that people had good experiences with these games. So I, I did go through and, and at least play through a level or two. Um, and, uh, tell you what, 20 minutes of, of a hundred games is a very strange way to play video games, but, uh, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was just a little sneak peek of each of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I have a lot of games I want to play more of now, <laughs> uh, yeah. but, um, but that's a good place to start. Um, it certainly doesn't hurt to try your favorite games. Um, you may need to enable steam play and there's instructions on the chromium.org page for that as well. That will basically tell steam to use proton with that game or a certain version of proton, but, um, and send us your, your gameplay reports, uh, when you do try those games. Um, but, uh, you know, I think the important thing, um, that I bring up in this context a lot is the momentum that we're seeing, right? If you look at the steam deck and it's, catalog of, of, of verified and, and playable games. It's growing all the time and it's growing at a pretty amazing rate. We're seeing game developers start to make changes specifically to, uh, work better with, uh, this environment. And, uh, uh, we will see those benefits, uh, on Chrome OS as well. Um, because we're, you know, we're based on Arch Linux, just like the steam deck, uh, we're using the same, uh, compatibility tools and, and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, uh, there are definitely some games that don't work, but uh, we the trajectory is is really exciting, and we're excited to see um, more and more. I, I will add a good um, a good tool if you want to check quickly before you download a hundred gigabyte game. Um, ProtonDB is a user sourced uh, website where users talk about the compatibility of different games with Proton. Uh, it's not a guarantee that it will work on Chrome OS, um, but it is a, a good indicator if, for example. You know, multiplayer has been blocked by a certain anti-cheat for uh, for Linux. You don't have to waste your time uh, on that game. Now, if developers uh, are are listening, uh, and I'm thinking we actually work in a co-working space with an indie game developer uh, who uh, 
I think they're they're working on a new project now, but they uh, they built Kentucky Route Zero, and uh, and yeah, and so like I'm thinking about him or others who might be listening to this, and they're like, yeah, we we want to make sure that our game works. I mean, if it's on Steam, it's there, and we want to make sure it works on all of these devices. W- what sort of resources are you all providing, or where might they go to learn more about how they can optimize their game for? for uh, Steam on Chrome OS. But then also, I guess kind of a follow-up question that would be, if they make those changes, are those universal between Steam Deck and Chrome OS? Yes, so um, it's a great question. And I think um, at a high level, you know, we are trying to, as I mentioned earlier, be as um, generally compatible with the Linux gaming ecosystem as possible. Um, so our, you know, our goal and our compatibility efforts is to make sure that there's not such a thing as a Chrome OS specific change, that you are making a change for, um, for you know, your game in these various Linux uh, environments. Um, you know, that may not be, end up being the case in practice, but it's, it's certainly our goal. So um, Absolutely, yeah. I would say for developers that want to see if their games work well, if you already have a Steam Deck or access to an Arch Linux gaming box, um, you know, try it there and see how it works with Proton. Uh, if you already have access to a Chromebook that supports Steam on Chromebook, that's definitely the best way to, to check. Um, you know, I, otherwise, I think you know, if, the, if you have a device that you can install a um, recent Arch Linux build on and uh, install Steam and, and play your game from there, um, that's a really good way to see sort of uh, where it's at. It's a good gut check. Um, and then, uh, from there, we do have a, uh, an email alias on the website. If folks want to reach out to us, if they have questions, if they, it's in, in, in particular, if you're experiencing Chrome OS specific issues that don't replicate in another Linux environment, um, but any interest, uh, we'd love to talk to you. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, compatibility tools and that sort of thing can get us a long way, but ultimately this has to be a collaboration, uh, with the game developer community and, and we're excited to go on that journey. Yeah, what is that website uh, that you referenced? Yeah, it's uh, g.co slash steam on Chrome OS. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll make sure to link it in the show notes for sure. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think that's fantastic. And, you know, I think, um, you know, I love this. You know, we obviously love open source, you know, and, and we love uh, that, that you all are doing things that will, that will hopefully you know, uh, benefit others outside of, uh, you know, the work that you're doing for Chrome OS. Um, what about, I I had one other follow-up question on devices earlier and I should have asked it then, but, uh, what about discrete GPUs? We've been tracking and hoping that we'll see Chromebooks and devices, uh, with discrete GPUs. Um, is that something that you all are tracking or is that anything that you can talk about as far as, uh, maybe something on the roadmap or or uh, a wish list I- item, I guess, that you all might have? Yeah, so I can't say a lot other than um, it's certainly my dream device. <laughs> um, I, I would love something like that. I, I think, uh, um, you know, gaming is an area of, of real investment for Chromebooks. We're going to continue to try uh, new hardware innovations like we did with the cloud gaming devices. Um, and uh, yeah, I, 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 I think it's, you know, there's, it's a very interesting space right now because there's both the uh, really amazing discrete GPUs that are becoming available in laptops. Um, there's also um, things like in the Steam Deck, which has you know uh, integrated graphics from from AMD, but they're really uh, powerful integrated graphics. And so, um, I, I, it's a really exciting time to be thinking about 
super performant graphics in mobile devices. Yeah. And then like down the road, my my dream would be that we could even then have external GPU support and Chrome, Chrome OS could support that. And then we can get video editors and all kinds of other fun stuff. <laughs> One step at a time. Though, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, can you can you we, we've we've always speculated about this, but can you tell us where the code name Borealis came from? Yes. Um, and it was a look. The project has started uh, at that point before I came on. But um, yeah. I, I will say uh, your 99% uh, theory uh, in, in the in recent podcast was was correct as far as I know. Okay. All right. Well, Gabe Gabe was Gabe was spot on. He did his he did <laughs> his research. Right. So that's awesome. That's right. Uh, so you've mentioned it a few times, um, but let's let's as we're kind of wrapping up here, let's let's make sure that everyone understands if they're if they're if they're playing a game and they they are having issues. Obviously, we're still in beta here, and you all are wanting feedback. How can people give you all feedback? Yes, um, two really important ways. One is at the end of a a game session, um, once that window closes, you should see a notification in your notifications bar that says, how was your gameplay experience? Um, If you can click that notification and and fill out that form, um, that goes straight to my inbox. So uh, be nice, but (laughs) but no, tell us us what you experienced, tell us what went wrong or what worked. And it's especially important if it's a positive experience. That's how I figured out um, which games to put on the list, frankly, was was uh, based on those those positive feedback reports. So whether it was good or bad, let us know. Um, the second thing I'll, I'll mention is uh, sometimes the game crashes and we don't get a notification. Sometimes uh, something goes wrong with the entire VM and it crashes and you don't get a notification. If you ever don't get a notification, but you want to send feedback about something that went wrong, um, the normal Chrome OS feedback report flow uh, is also very good. Just use hashtag Steam in there. Um, and you can access that with by pressing the uh, Alt Shift I uh, uh, keyboard shortcut. So um, a really helpful way for us to know, and that includes logs and things that can help us diagnose the issue. Right, right, yeah. And I, I think it's I think it's I think it's cool too to definitely if you have a, a good experience, make sure to uh, make sure to to give that that feedback as well. Um, one thing that we had noticed. Uh, on the Steam Deck was the section of games that I think were called Works with Steam Deck, or am I? I I'm, I'm I might be misremembering this, but um, like basically featured games or a section of games uh, that definitely work well and that you all want to highlight. Is that something you're thinking about for uh, for uh, Steam on on Chromebook, and and will that be part of maybe a a special landing page or something when they open this up? Yeah, you know, I, I think um, certainly. It is both our goal and Valve's goal to make sure that users are finding games that work great on their particular device and and guide them to those games. Um, Planning there is still pretty early, um, and so we don't have a ton to share just yet. Um, But we are actively in conversation about about this with Valve and and trying to figure out um, the best best path for figuring out what those games are and, and then where to promote them. Yeah. Excellent, Zach. Well, thanks so much for taking the time. We could uh, we could probably sit here and talk for another hour, but I'll be mindful of your time. And I do really appreciate you you coming on the show today and and, and filling people in. Uh, there there was a, a, a several great uh, uh, things that you mentioned that we'll make sure to link down in the show notes and everything. Um, definitely your main uh, your main website that we'll put out there. Um, and yeah, I, we just we just love the work that you all are doing. We've been following this from the beginning. Gabe, you know, Gabe Gabe's an old school source gamer and and loves those games and has been, 
you know, just so excited to be able to play those sorts of games on a Chromebook. And it's just this next, this next phase of, of Chrome OS that we're just knocking down these barriers. Well, yeah, I would get a Chromebook, but I can't do this or I can't do that. And we're just knocking those down over time. And we just appreciate the work that you all are doing and, and uh, keep it up. Thank you, Joe. And, and a huge thank you to the entire Chromebook community. Um, we, uh, we, it is not an exaggeration to say we could not do this without the, the support and engagement with folks that are out there playing games, giving reports, asking us for this feature in the first place, right? It was, it was an easy sell with all the asks that we got. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, very, very uh, excited, happy, and, and grateful to be part of uh, this really cool Chromebook community. So. Yeah, congratulations on beta, and and we're excited for the next uh, the next launch whenever that comes. And uh, yeah, keep it up. But uh, that's it for this one, folks. Zach, again, I appreciate it. We'll- Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS, make sure to check out our website, chromeunboxed.com and follow us on social media by searching for at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.